We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, the list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Monday, December 18th. We'll be taking a look, recap of yesterday's NFL Week 15 slate recap, a review, because it's Monday. And you know what we do on Mondays? Mondays with McCool. I bring in James McCool, the co author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports, 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com as well as the uh, the advanced players course and the custom Excel tools. Go check that all out. Theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your first way. First thing in the door. And James, for, I could tell from uh, from your, your tweets yesterday. And I could also tell from the fact that my catch lineup outscored all of my GPP lineups. That while I made a little bit of money yesterday because because of cash games and props, that GPP wise, you didn't do so hot. No man, I uh, I rostered Derrick Henry having a historically bad performance, uh, first player in history to have twenty or more touches and have less than fifteen yards from scrimmage, four receptions for one receiving yard. And what and not nine, was it like nine rushes for, for seven yards or something? No, it was it was uh 16 rushing attempts for nine rushing yards. So he went so basically so basically so his line was what 16 
rushes for nine yards and four receptions for negative one yards. No, four four receptions for one yard. He's he had one. Ten. Oh, okay, that's a big difference. Negative one. That's horrible. But to get four Dude. receptions and get one yard out of it, that's much better. You, but you want to know what's messed up? He scored five fancy points, and four of those came from PPR period on on Fanduel. He would have scored like two point five fancy points or something. In standard scoring, where you don't get anything for receptions, he scored like less than a full point. It's, I, I I have no words. He's six percent owned. If he was thirty six percent owned, he'd have crushed the slate. Right, thirty six percent owned against the Titans, he would have been. He, he would have instead of that let leave Levis uh, rushing touchdown. Henry would have gotten that right, and he would have broke off an eighty seven yard run at some point. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that's what yeah. that's what happens in this these days of the NFL. I mean, I mean, we're exaggerating. It's just like we take a look. I take a look at the the, the Millie <laughs> ownership, and it's just basically like if they're on, they do well. well. I mean, not that's not all. I mean, we're we're kind of exaggerating, but it sort of feels like it's like how, how did everyone know, right? But I mean, you could say truthfully in the running back position, like. Bijan Robinson, I mean, Henry was 10% owned with five points. Bijan Robinson was 15% owned, and he got Arthur Smith, right? <laughs> so, like, 1.4% on, uh, 1.4 points. Uh, and you take a look at that salary range. I played Tony Pollard, so I did a little bit better than you, right? <laughs> so, I, I, I went in this range, and I thought, it's like, I played a bunch of guys in this range. I didn't go down low enough. The problem was is that I played Rashad White. Yeah. Right. He came in at 15% on. I thought it would would have been a little bit lower than that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't play Derrick Henry. I didn't play Bijan Robinson, but I played I played White and Pollard. And I played one lineup with Aaron Jones. And I just didn't go down to James Cook and just assume that he was going to get 30 carries on a Josh Allen led. Bill's team against the Cowboys, but yeah, when the Cowboys just can't stop anything, the Bills just did the same thing over and over again. And yeah, that, that game was kind of a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked James Cook. I thought he, he was fine. I thought he was fine play. Um, I like that. That was the best game environment on the slate, right? Like two. Well, thought, no, no, no. The Rams, the Rams, the uh, commanders game I thought was, no, I, I like the Rams. My, my one GPP lineup was a Rams sack. Um, okay. I, I thought that that was like the best team to stack on the slate was was uh, the Rams. But the, as far as game environment, games that I thought had the best chance of like real fireworks, I, I thought that it was Buffalo-Dallas. Um, the problem was that it was just far too expensive for DFS purposes. So like I, I had I, I had no way really to stack it. Um, but I, I wouldn't have used James Cook in my Buffalo stack if I would have gone with a Buffalo stack, uh, I thought he was fine. But as far as running backs go, it was like, it was Kyron Williams at the top. And then, I mean, look at the ownership, right? Like Kyron Williams, right. best play overall. And Chris McCaffrey, if you can afford him. And a lot of people were able to afford him, obviously. Um, I thought that Derrick Henry was in a really good spot. I got my face. Uh, I thought that Raheem Mostert was in a good spot. He only scored 18, even though he had two touchdowns. So, um, like I probably James Cook's probably like the seventh or eighth running back in my mind on this slate, if if not lower. So I couldn't have gotten there. Um, 
even with three lineups. Only I only played one lineup this week, but even with three lineups, I'm not getting to James Cook. So in your one, so you played a Stafford stack in your one lineup. Yeah, right. Which is which. Uh, taking a look at ownership was like you did everything. You did what every everyone else. Like like the thing that the 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 recurring theme of these recaps that we've been going over, especially the past month or yeah. six weeks, is that adjusting ownership. People. People want to play the good games, yep. right? So you take a look, and it's like projected ownership would say rationally that Cooper Cup, like you have Kyron Williams high owned, and mm-hmm. you have Matthew Stafford high high owned at quarterback. Mm-hmm. That Cup and Puka, they would be the ones kind of squeezed, and they weren't. And then no, they're just people just said, "I want to play the Rams," and they just. Played a ton of the Rams. Yeah. All right, we take a look at the highest owned players in the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In the top 10, there were four Rams in the top 10. And then once you take out the Rams, right, we go to go to San Francisco. McCaffrey's 35, Sam Debo 16, Purdy 16, Ayuk's 12, Kittle's even six. Like the ownership discounts you're getting are going to be primarily in the games that people don't want to play. And anything that people want to play that looks appealing is going to be much higher on than you think they are going to be. So here's, here's something really quick. I do want to say that like this week, the team totals made it. So it was just like the 49ers and the Rams, like the, the, the team totals took, they, they went completely off a cliff after basically just the 49ers and the Rams, Miami had a high team total and then Tyreek got ruled out. And then it was kind of like, all right, well, can Waddle actually step into those shoes? I think they lost like two and a half points on their team total or something like that. And Tyreek got ruled out, which by the way, that's a massive drop for one play- for a player that's not a quarterback. Two and a half points, that's a lot. Um, but 49ers and the Rams that those were the spots that made the most sense by far based on team total, based on price, based on everything, right? Buffalo was expensive and had a team total 22 uh, or 23. Um, Dallas was expensive. Their team total was less than Buffalo because they were underdogs at Buffalo. Um, that There were only three teams with team totals over 25 points and nobody wanted to play Miami because Tyreek was out. So all of that ownership consolidated onto the Rams and the 49ers. And, this this week actually ownership was the closest that it's been in the last like month for for like all sources um and it was still under by by quite a bit in a couple spots Kyron Williams specifically i think he was like 73% owned in the 200 or something gross like that so it it's it is the story of of the season so far that ownership um is not capturing how heavily things are condensing but i think that this week um, uniquely to the last couple weeks, we have had the teams with the, like, yes, they are the teams that everyone stack because they're the best teams, but also based on Vegas, like their team totals were far and away, just the best on the slate. So that this week makes a little bit more sense to me. And that's why I think that ownership is a little bit closer this week. Yeah. But that's the reason why I, I think going slightly off the board stack wise is, I mean, that's kind of like what I do. So like playing, like I, Jaden Reed's going to be God knows how owned, but Tucker Craft's going to be sort of popular as a punt 
tight end, why not want to play a Jordan Love stack? And you could also play Aaron Jones or Dontavian Wicks or something mm-hmm. like that in there. And then you also get the, the Tampa Bay side where, like, no one's playing no one. I mean, like, Rashad White, and then that's it, no. maybe. No. And then Evans, and, of course, Godwin had a great game. So you also take a look at the Cleveland. Originally, I thought Cleveland was going to be overowned, and it turns out they weren't because people didn't want to play this game. So, like, Flacco, Cooper, and Joku, like, I thought Cooper would be higher owned. I thought Joku would be about the, where he was owned. But Flacco was 4.4% owned. People didn't recency bias their way into Flacco stacks. So I I didn't play a Flacco stack because I thought they would be some, over-owned. There's some pretty heavy priors against Joe Flacco here. It's gonna take it's gonna take more than a couple day games of Joe Flacco being good before people come around to, to playing him. I thought maybe people would, so like I didn't. But of course I I galaxy brain myself into doing the same thing, but I I played uh I played uh yeah. Is no he even way. on the list? Is he even on the list? You can't be serious. Was he zero percent on? Was he well I, I it can't be zero. I had Tommy DeVito. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Everyone was playing Rashid Shahid and stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Tommy DeVito, Wandell Robinson, Darren Waller. Why? And running back with Shahid. They're playing the Superdome. You never know. You didn't and need to do that's that. The point that I'm making is that that going slightly off the board for your. For your stacks, and then you get like slightly off the board. Devito was zero percent off. <laughs> you didn't. Even, you're not even playing the same. You got, you got like almost forty rushing yards. Actually, you're, you're like, oh yeah, you got to get a little bit off the board when you're playing chess while you're playing freaking badminton. Like you're not even playing chess at that point. I I played Saquon Barkley at four percent owned. I th- I don't I don't think that Saquon. I played Kam- I played Kamara and Shahid, and I think Kamara and, was a good play. And there, and there you go. And but, but the the whole point is that once you do that, the rest of your lineup, I had Kyron Williams, I had Jaden Reed, I had all, I like, I surround that with the the, just give me the best projected lineup at that point. To me, sure. I just find it so much harder to go into a game like the Rams game, right? You go into the Rams game. Where's the LAR? Where, where the hell is this? Right. Good luck. Look at this ownership. Like, if you're going to go in and you can go, okay, I'm going to play Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Demarcus Robinson, and Kyron Williams, and then run it back with the uh, take a look at Washington. And it's like, I'll play the Gibson in my running back spot. Mm-hmm. Like, now, 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 now you have to go. Now you have to find it's much harder. You're not playing James. No, now, now, now you know what you have to do. Now you know what you have to do. You have to play Derrick Henry and get 10 total yards out of it. But that's what makes it so much harder. I disagree. I disagree. I think no, it's that... the same. I mean, I'm I'm saying it as an exaggeration, but the two different dynamics of if you go off the board on your stack, you could just mm-hmm. jam in the chalk and the rest of your lineup and just the best projected players. Sure. It's a little bit harder to go to me, at least from a heuristic standpoint, mm-hmm. to go. Well, I'm going to play the Stafford correlated chalk that is combinatorically owned mm-hmm. much higher than it should be, and then find the three one off. Five percent owned guys that do well. I think it's just harder to it's harder to pick out three different people that hit their ceiling than just hit like 
oh, this game goes off and not many people are on it. And if it does go off, I got all the I got all the best projections around it anyway. I don't have sure. to find I don't have to find Chris Godwin one off in order to win this. See, I think it's easier to pivot off of individual players. Like I I, I don't think that I, while I don't think that you are wrong in in the way that you go about it, because you go about it in a similar way to that I go about MLB, where I would rather just play lower stacks in MLB and then just like have the chalk pitchers and that's not hard for me. Um, in NFL, I on the other he hand, says like, it's easier to not play a giant stack. Yeah, it's a hundred percent easier to not it is, play. A it giant is stack. true. I, I do. I do, yes. It's not like I. Play, it's it, people. You're making a reaction of like, yes, I had my ten lineups. I played seven Tommy DeVito lineups. It's like, like I'm not allowed to have one Tommy DeVito lineup. No, lineup. no you shouldn't have done that. You didn't Why? need. What was their team total? Hold on. Hold on. People played other. T- I mean, people played low team totals. <laughs> Their team total, I think, was fifteen or something. It was. It was seventeen point two five. You're not even giving yeah, yourself enough credit. Seventeen point two five was very high to me because I also played a Bailey Zappi lineup, and their team total was only fifteen. So, like, why? I figured that Bailey Zappi. Well, I played Rashi Rice in that lineup. It was a. It was Zappi, Zappi with the Douglas and. Henry and 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 Rashi Rice, and then you jam in McCaffrey and Kyron Williams and all the all the good players. What's wrong with that? Everything is wrong with that. Everything is wrong with that. I don't. I'm not even going to grace that with. If analysis. you're going to play Demario Douglas chalk, you might as well correlate it. Don't play Demario Douglas chalk. Well, that I did that in the other lineups. Good. <laughs> you should have done it in all your lineups. I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to make my vomit stack. You didn't even. You didn't even need to use Wondell Robinson chalk. You could have just not played oh, Tommy DeVito. He was like 14 percent out, right? Rashid Shahid. What everyone? What what happened there? Everyone saw Olave was out and just said, "All of." I mean, I did it also, so it's not like it's not just. <laughs> I played Shahid in half my lineups, and I'm like, okay, here's someone that can catch three balls for 152 yards. So, like, give him a minute. He was already projecting chalky before Olave was ruled out. Like he was already projecting like fifteen percent owned. Um, I just I, prefer, I, I just preferred him to like the Wandales and the and the the Mara Douglases who have like like four and a half A dots, and you have to yeah. just hope they break one. Like Shahid maybe has the less less volume as a garbage quarterback throwing him the ball. It's like oh, you probably can't throw the ball more than eight yards. But I mean, he could get there in one play more likely than some of these other guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Rashid was uh, was a bad play in a vacuum. Um, yeah, but at twenty percent owned, I mean, then that's that was like no, twice I mean, as was, much as I thought he was going to be. He was over owned. Um, I I would have played him in a Saint stack. I wouldn't have played him. You would have played him in like a Tommy DeVito, a run back of a Tommy DeVito stack. I I would not have done because <laughs> I because I wasn't going to play Shahid anyway. I thought he was over owned, so I, I wasn't going to touch him. Um, yeah, but once you plug in Tommy DeVito and Darren Waller into the lineup, you can play an overowned cheat. Yeah, but you still have to care about if a player is overowned, like if like based on what you should expect out of them. I mean, this is this goes back a couple weeks ago, man. We were talking about Wondell Robinson. He was he was really really heavy chalk one one week. I don't remember what week it was, but like you and I talked about it, and <laughs> the way that I looked at it was Rondell Robinson. His Best case scenario game is like eight catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. That is his app, like his God mode game. He doesn't get more than that based on team total. Rashid 
Rashid in this situation, like, yeah, technically you can say that he's a guy who can have three to five receptions for 120 yards and a touchdown. Sure. But like at the same time, you like cut thinking about the chances of that happening, which are already relatively slim and adding on to that, the chances of a Tommy DeVito with Rondell Robinson stack getting there is like, it just doesn't work. Like the odds of it happening, just go bet it, just go put in a, a prop. And make it make an SGP. Maybe or I did. Maybe I also had that. Yeah, I don't doubt that you did actually. I think I had a Tommy DeVito over passing yards, I believe. But go, going back to, to what I was saying, I don't mind choosing stacks. And one of the reasons why I didn't mind going with a Ram stack is because it directly leveraged Kyron Williams chalk too. Like I didn't play yeah, Kyron not, Williams. But everyone Williams. was chalk. You're not leveraging anything. Everyone's chalk. No, no, no. You absolutely are. You you absolutely are. You absolutely are. If Matt Stafford throws for three, four touchdowns to Pukunuku and Cooper Cup, and Kyron Williams does not get a touchdown at forty-three percent owned, you're directly no, no, leveraging. I, I agree, but I mean, you still—it's still you're leveraging. No, but that puts you, you past that puts you past fifty percent in the field if Kyron Williams shot right. Okay, and then with Kyron Williams being seventy-five hundred, if Derrick Henry has the game that Kyron Williams should have at six hundred dollars less. Like, then you also get indirect leverage at the running back position based on positional, right? So those things, those are the things that I cared about when I was building out this lineup. I like situations like the Kyron Williams and Ram stack thing, because it's really easy to say, if you don't have Kyron Williams in the stack, you should have a Ram stack. Or if you have a Ram stack, then it's easy to get off of the Kyron Williams shock and leverage either side of that game. James, that is what I did. I... I played a Matthew Stafford lineup out of my 10 lines. Right. Yeah. Right. So I did the obvious thing of you want to leverage off the chalk pieces. So you play Matthew Stafford with Puka Nakua and Tyler Higby. And then you wonder mm-hmm. when 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 all the other people have touchdowns and you wonder where's all your money if when you got like you right. pick the you pick literally the wrong people. Yeah, well, look, here's here's well, the I, 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 took, I took the lower owned people and the lower owned people didn't score, James. I tried oh, yeah, yeah. doing Same, it your bro. way. I had I had Matthew St- Stafford with Koopa Cup and Pukunakua. Pukunakua put up 10. And then I brought it back with Curtis Samuel. That was great. And then for my 49ers exposure, because I was like, oh, yeah, I need some 49ers exposure. I'm going to take George Kittle. Put, put up See, like it's harder fans. to pick the one-off. See, I told you. It's harder to pick. No, but you're still, you're still getting exposure to these spots. And like uh, you – so here, here's, here's the thing. You're saying that it's harder to take and find the exposure to those individual pieces of the games, right? Well, that's I, in any sport. That's always in hockey. That it's is harder that to is one hundred percent true. That is a hundred percent true. But at the same life. time, on the other side of that, you saying that you'd rather take the astronomically low probability of a Tommy DeVito with Wondell Robinson ceiling game, but that price bring you back yeah, with Waheed like Shahid. There's, there's. You're insane. I'm going to spend part of my portfolio doing that. Yes. You're insane. Dude, that's how I win. I know it is. You're right? still Adam insane. Sandler, the, 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 the whatever, whatever movie, whatever that movie is. The, oh, Uncut Gems. Right? People hated this is that how movie. I, I don't know why. This is how I win. I don't the know why people is, is that you lose 99% of the time. I, I'm aware of that. That's right. why and I have I a Matthew lose... Stafford. That's why I had a 10 lineups. I had a Howell lineup. I had a Stafford lineup. I had a Purdy lineup. Mm-hmm. I had a who else did I have? I had a Jordan Love. I had a Baker. I had a Baker Mayfield lineup. 
That was I Baker Mayfield, good. Evans, and I, I played Jaden Reed in a correlated way. If people are going to play 40% on Jaden Reed, I'm not going to play him as a one-off. I'm going to play him you know, with with Love or with Mayfield and, and the run back of a Tampa Bay. That those were mm-hmm. just the thing is, is that I, I look at here's my cash lineup. Like, look, oh. look at my cash lineup. Like, I couldn't yeah. beat 178.62, so, like, it didn't matter. I think this that this probably was, if based on your methodology, probably the, the nut, I mean, the yeah. nut cash. I mean, it was a train. I mean, this was the yeah, average. I, was I mean, true. dude, I, I, made, I made this in 20 seconds. I mean, like, like look, look how many people are on this train. 178.62. So, from 124th place to... Uh, we're still going 124th place to 269. So that, that this lineup was like duped 145 times. The only difference that I have, well, actually in, in my write-up, I had jets defense as the defense, not the Browns defense. Um, But the only difference is money on the table. Uh, No, the only difference was Antonio Gibson instead of Ezekiel Elliott and Rashid Shahid instead of Tamario Douglas. Right, yeah. So, but, I mean, those were kind of the, those the close, close yeah. types of things. Yeah. Right, and then like you probably land on Rashi Rice if you're going with my strategy as well. But like everything right. else, yeah, right. it was really easy. Right. So anyway, do. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying that you're wrong in the way that you do things. I. It's just there's two different methodologies. I think there's the eating the chalk stack and getting different with pivots, or there is the eat or getting different with your stack and then just eating a whole bunch of the chalk in terms of the. the no, I agree. Play. No, I know, and it's not like I disagree with you. I'm. I'm yeah. I'm arguing for that both from a heuristic standpoint are viable. The mm-hmm. way that finding the off the board stack, like what the cheap key thing is cheap. Yeah. It just makes you look more like an idiot than playing it. <laughs> like when you play a 2% on some weird wide receiver, like the rest of your lineup looks kind of like, like, Oh, these are like normal people. And this is oh, you stacked the game with a 50 total and you took yeah. a shot on a 2% owned, Gravion Burks, or you know, you took a shot on a four percent owned Derrick Henry, right? Like some, you know, it it it, it looks like oh, okay, that seems sensible. But when you like, I stacked Tommy DeVito with two Giants receivers. You lo- oh, holy God, this guy's crazy. You're an insane person. Yeah, but then you look at the person. rest of my lineup, and the rest of my lineup has all these flame emojis that are of all the people that you can't play. Right? Good luck playing a, a stack and not being able to fit in Kyron Williams and. Christian McCaffrey, as well as Rice, as well as Cooper Cop, like into into one oh, lineup. Right. Yeah, you, you have to just jam in like Bailey Zappi and and Devonte <laughs> Parker in order to do that. No, you're right. I I I don't disagree. I in general, my process is to get different with running backs. Um, with at least one running back, typically I I eat the the Giga Chalk. This week was a little bit different because I wanted a Ram stack. Um. But typically, Don, Donnie Watson has a point there. Might as well have went all the way down to Keenum. That I, I, dude, I, I, if I, if I had one more lineup, it would have been a Keenum. No, I Brad absolutely, I absolutely figured you would have a Case Keenum lineup this week. I did expect you to have a Case Keenum lineup because he was only like four. It didn't. It, you know what's funny? The Don't Case say Keenum, he didn't project well. He didn't project as well as the Tommy DeVito lineup. <laughs> Tommy DeVito's got wheels, though. I'll say that. That dude can run. Uh, no, because the problem was the other side of the game with with Tennessee, like Shahid. I if Tommy DeVito plus Wandale Robinson plus either Barkley or Waller plus Shahid. 
as a yeah. com- combination price wise projected better than Keenum, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, and right. Derrick Henry or uh, or DeAndre Hopkins or something sure. like it just it didn't it it just didn't work out that it didn't I didn't get there but you know Donnie Watson's trying to make a make a joke there but it's like you might as well have gone down to Keenum it's like yeah well if I had eleven lineups I would have <laughs> man the eleventh lineup would have been a Keenum lineup I mean like it's yeah. exactly this but that's exactly the point. I had some people ask me about Keenum lineups. I, I couldn't go there. I, I didn't think that that made sense on a slate like this with so many like good spots in terms of the Rams and, and the, the Cowboys and then that or the, the Rams and the 49ers and that Cowboys Bills game. I just I couldn't get down to paying down at quarterback that far. Um, and maybe that's a leak for me. I don't know. I don't usually pay down at quarterback and GPPs. Um, I, I just don't find it to be something that I usually do. Something Which, I primarily do. That's I know it is. Of me every no. Monday. I, right? I come in and I go, oh, I paid down. And then sometimes I pay down for Mayfield. Like imagine I came in and I had Mayfield, Rashad White, and Chris Godwin at almost no percent, right? I ran that mm-hmm. back with Jaden Reed and Tucker Craft. I'd be looking yeah. like a genius, right? Yeah. I almost, I had almost, I pretty much had kind of that lineup just without yeah. Godwin, just with Mike Evans. But, uh, but then the pieces around it, that's a lineup I didn't have McCaffrey in, and you're screwed. And then just that that's yeah. when when a million percent on uh 9,300 McCaffrey goes for 45 points, like nothing matters at that point, right? Yeah, you know, you're when, shot. Right. Which is a bummer, but I mean, this is what it is. I, I have not been focusing that much on DFS lately. I've been doing a lot of props. So uh I, I pretty much just built an NFL lineup for the culture. <laughs> just so that I keep like what the hell does that mean? It's a saying. It's just it's a a James. But to just be in with the kids? That's what all the kids are doing. They're building. Well, no, I mean that's what I say. Doing things for the culture, man. I just want to the culture. Yeah, yeah. Donating culture. to the cause. You you donated to the cause. I did. I donated to the people who actually played good lineups this week. Um, outside of the the Derrick Henry thing, but uh, yeah, I've been I've been focusing a lot more on props and NHL. Uh, when the 888 the other day, I actually got to play NHL that day. That was nice. So I don't know. NFL season, once we get to week 15, it's really hard for me to like have full focus on it. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're to the, you get sick of it. I'm sick of it already. Three more weeks of regular season. Let's get, let's get it over with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's speed along. You know, we know, we know what's, what the season is about at this point. Um, but week 15, I mean, it's the same thing we talk about with every major sport. As soon as you get to the, like the last 20% of the season, last 25% of the season, it's just like, okay, we get it. We can, we can move on from this sport. And I, I mean, it's exasperated for me having about 10 weeks straight of just like everything going terribly for me, but that's, that's what can happen in an NFL season. If you go on a cold streak, for an NFL season, it can last an entire NFL season, which sucks. Um, so I'm just. But no, yeah, it's so more for the best ball people. The best, the best ball people are in shambles. <laughs> the best ball people are. I mean, I've been, I've been seeing in my Twitter feed, the best ball people, where people are like, like, what, what is the point of life anymore? Because like half the quarterbacks that people drafted aren't, aren't. Aren't even, aren't even playing. Then you get ty- like, oh, I advanced all these Tyreek teams, and then he's and, and I, I Tyreek, Nico Collins, and Jamar Chase, and it's like, like, how did I lose? Well, because they all didn't play in one week, and you got screwed, but, and he didn't advance. But Jordan, Jordan, have you considered the week seventeen correlations? 
not really since none of my teams have gotten there. I mean, like, I don't have any best ball teams, but people are considering the Week 17 correlation. They, they pre- the, the correlations they have for Week 17 are with quarterbacks that aren't playing. Yeah, they're not even players that aren't, aren't healthy. <laughs> right? The big like, week. So what, 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 what is in week, week 17? What's the big like, – like next week's slate, for instance, I think the big game is uh, the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Ah. Right, that's I saw that on the nine game slate. Like, yeah, I don't know what they are. I know that's play. What happens? I mean, I mean that the Cowboys are healthy at least, but I mean, in some of these teams, I take a, I took a look at the nine game slate. For instance, you know, you know how many questionable tags? I can't even make a dummy lineup. It's it's that bad. It's it's this slate coming up next next. It's a nine game slate because we have a two game Saturday slate. Yeah, like you got okay, you got. Colts, let, let's just go through it, just through it to show how ridiculous this is. You got the Colts and the Falcons. Okay. Good luck knowing what we don't know what's happening with the Colts backfield. Taylor and Moss. Pittman's questionable. Good luck to you. We don't know anything currently about that. The Falcons, could Arthur Smith you at any time, so who cares? Then you got okay, you got Carolina and the you got the Panthers and the Packers. Awful game, right? So it's like it doesn't this doesn't even matter. But everyone's uh, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, who the hell knows, right? Then you got CJ Stroud, probably comes back for the Texans. But imagine, imagine all the people that have have uh, advanced Amari Cooper and David Njoku, and they their only quarterback is Deshaun Watson, right? <laughs> right? They they're done, right? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. Then you have then then you have all the Justin Jefferson teams that have made it here. Mm-hmm. Right. Somehow miraculously have miraculously made it to week 16. And and they're and they're like, okay, this is when Kirk Cousins throws for yeah. nope. Sorry, it's Nick Mullins. Like it's a guy that's what that was couldn't possibly have been drafted by anyone. Right? right. You get that, and then then you get the 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 commanders that who knows, maybe Jacoby Brissett is starting at <laughs> quarterback. Uh, that you got your you got your Garrett Wilson Aaron Rodgers team somehow miraculously here, but you don't got that guy. You got Brian Robinson who probably isn't going to play, and then then you get to oh, but at least my DK Metcalf Geno Smith lineups so like Geno Smith probably doesn't isn't playing, and then then Will Levis is is probably dead, right? You you going you going through here? Oh, but but I do have my 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 week sixteen correlations. I do have my. My my Trevor Lawrence Christian Kirk lineups and like nope they're dead right because <laughs> Lawrence had a concussion and Kirk's out so like you you're dead finally it, like, all your Calvin Ridley teams are already dead because you couldn't have possibly advanced with him with how he performed most of the week but now he's back like Calvin is what's going to happen is that Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson are going to spike in week sixteen for all the teams that never made it to week sixteen <laughs> right. And then you take a look at Chicago and, and Arizona. And I mean, like, dude, how do you play best ball? How do you, how do you possibly now I can understand playing best ball fine. And people play 150 teams and do whatever like that. But then people go and they like, let's analyze the past season and go like, this is how we're going to build our strategy for next season. It's like, dude, like sometimes the best strategy is to, I had, my entire team ended up saying staying healthy for just I ended up with a quarterback that was that got more than zero points in week 16. 
Like sometimes that's the difference between you moving on to the playoffs is that you you're playing against half half of a bracket that literally has no starting quarterback and has only one running back starting because all the four other ones are dead or, or injured. Well, I mean, last year somebody basically died on the field and somebody made a million bucks from it. Well, that was because of a rescheduled game, not because. Well, no, but get, I mean, like that gets points for the heart attack. No, but that's why he won it was right, because right. the game, like the, anybody, may, I don't want to like throw out generalities here, but making content for best ball is just like filler for the off season. It, 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 we shouldn't it's take easy it. easy to like, do, but it's easy. Eric does it on Spike Week all the time. They they could do it all season because essentially it's like if we if we had a D, we did DFS analysis, mm-hmm. not on the games, but on strategy, and we based it all around one slate. Yeah. 2013, right? It's just <laughs> like based on that one slate, maybe on that one slate, it was a baseball slate and no team scored more than five runs. And we're like, yeah, people are talking about this correlation stuff. Uh, probably shouldn't be stacking because based on our data that we have on that one slate from 2013. Yeah. The, the winning lineups, the top 1% of lineups actually didn't, didn't have much correlation at all. And then that's all, that's all it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's all best ball is. We're looking at, I mean, it's, it, you're playing one slate. That's well, it. and Mike is right. Like it's fun. It is fun. I, I think drafting best balls is fun, but there, there's a couple things about this. Like one, I don't do a lot of things with like my money that are fun anymore. Right. Like I've, I've fully turned into knit blender over here where I'm like calculating my half Kelly for props because like, I want my 5% edge each month. Um, like I don't do you're a lot getting of things older. That are fun you're, you're, you're getting, that's not, that's not it. You're turning into a knit. You're getting older. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have a and, kid, you have a dependent, you go, Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't go broke. I can't like, I have, I have yeah. people that actually care about me. Yeah. But, but like the, the thing is with that, that with best ball, you don't even really have a chance to go super degen because you can only get down what, like 6k in an off season, 7k or something like that. If you max out the main contests on both sites, get that. I mean, I guess you can like get down like up to 15, 16k if you like max out everything over the course of it. But like, what is that? That's like a month of play or something. It's like taking sand to the beach. Right, I saw that. I saw a hammer coming. <laughs> Playing best ball is like taking sand to the beach. <laughs> it just it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. I, I do think that it's fun and and you know Justin McMahon, um DFI are really good picks, whatever whatever. Um his strategy in, in the offseason for best ball was to auto draft based on his ranks and just like let it auto draft and and that is something that I could get behind because that's super low stress. And that is extracting edge based on like, here's your ranks. Just throw them out there and play the best plays. And like, he's probably right. going to. You're spending the least amount profit. of time. It's like, if there's so much variance as it is, if I think I have a, if I have an edge on your, your rankings compared to the field and you could, you think you have a, even if it's a 2% edge, well, it's only taking up 2% of your time. So like, who cares? Right. Okay. There you go. It's, it's yeah. there, but it, it, as opposed to, you're not even sure if you have a 5% edge and you're taking like, like, dude, these people that are drafting manually 150, 300 teams. It's like, Ugh. that to me, that's the main, the, dude, that's the main, the things about best ball that I, it doesn't fit my, 
The way that the way that I seek right. edge, deep, play for fun, fine, that's fine. But dude, I want I want to spend the least amount of time to make the most amount of money. So like, right, best ball is like the opposite of that because it's like once it and with as little variance as possible. So to me, best ball is humongous variance, a lot of time, little edge. What the hell am I? What am, what am I spending? What why am I? Why am I spending forty five minutes a draft doing? Right, I was going to say, say it takes June of all times. Say it takes half an hour to do a full draft. It takes longer than that. But say it takes half an hour, and you do three hundred of them in the off season. That's a hundred and fifty hours of draft of drafting, so that you can maybe have an edge that isn't completely based on luck. Right. That's like that's uh, like working. That's that's what that's like working a month full time. Yeah, that, that's a, a full time. Full-time and, job. Okay, so you can you can get down. Let's 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 do the math on this. All right, we're gonna do some math. People can log out if they don't want to do the math. But let's say it's a full month, right? It's 160 hours of work, right? To draft 300 best ball teams. Say that right. each one is ten dollars, right? So you have down three thousand dollars in best ball teams, right? <coughs> if you have a 10 percent edge. <coughs> 10%. That's that means $300. you expect $300 for a month of work? That's like $2 Why? an hour. But it's, it's $2 Why would I do that? Two, it's it's about $2 an hour, James. Which is, which is you know, I could... I what what You know the other types of jobs that only pay you like $2 an hour? Being Those a are the waiter. types of jobs where you, you have... Right, that you need tips. So that's what that's what you need to do. If you if you're a best ball player, that's going to grind and draft all those drafts. The sites need to tip you, right? There needs to be a, there needs to be tipping culture in best ball. Well, or or you become a content creator, right? And you have people subscribe to your stuff, and that that is like there you go. That's how you make your tips in in that industry. Like, and I understand right. why people are interested in and in like all that kind of stuff. But man, from a one. First off, you nailed it. Why would I want to be doing that in freaking June? Like, I I need to relax for three months from like May until like August so that I can get ready for what is the hell of NFL and NBA season starting up in September and November. Um, like, but I, I'd much I rather like if I if it's June, I'd much rather be doing the daily baseball drafts. Yeah, to say if you told me you're gonna have to spend. 30 minutes on something on a draft on a live draft type of thing. I'd be doing the daily, you know, the, you know, you pick six to eight play, you know, like the, the, the snake draft style. I mean, even yeah. DraftKings has those and the amount of money you could get down on those isn't like high, but it's like, at least I'm I'll getting you, a return. I bet you can today. get down more than 3000 in an entire month though. Right. No, no only cause you could roll it over. It's not, it's right. not like maybe I can only get down 200, on those today right but that's 30 days that's six thousand total and i'm right it's 200 over and over and over again it's not it's not six thousand and i gotta wait six months for it right. to then show my 10 percent edge it's like no i'd rather i mean that's really the key between of why dfs mm-hmm. and props and stuff like that is is worth it is that your edge is every day Right, right. Because people compare the like, stupid people and say, "Oh, 
the S&P 500 returned like 11.8% and you're you're doing this for a 4% return? It's like 4% daily, daily, not 4%. Like you're, you're quoting a 12% return on the stock market yearly, right? This is 4% daily. Yeah. Like you make so right. much more 4% daily than 12% yearly. Yeah, it, it just comes down to like how much do you value your time? And, um, you know, I, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about the pick six stuff um, that the DraftKings put out. I, I but I think that, you could play it though, right? Yeah. And I like it a lot. I have I have models for it over at Pater, but um, it is, I, I think that when they release that for baseball, that's going to be huge for us because we're good at baseball and because like the, the peer to peer part of it, like it's so soft, man. I can't wait for them to release it in your area. It's, is it I, soft enough to beat almost a 20% rake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's There are, are no smart people in <laughs> those lobbies. Like, you well, go I can through... tell from what I've seen on Twitter that everyone just takes overs, which is a sign that it's probably not that sharp. It's hella, it's hella soft, dude. Like, it's massively soft. Um, I'm going to start jumping into it for, for NBA a, bit, a little bit more this week, but... um. It's super soft, so I'm excited for you to get it because I think you'll crush it. Well, I mean, I can't, I can't play. Okay, I think isn't it only in states that don't have? I mean, I don't, well, Tennessee is weird. You have sports betting, but you also have prize picks and underdog. Like it, a lot of times, it's you either got one or the other. I mean, yeah, yeah Kentucky, I got prize picks and underdog, but it's kind of weird that DraftKings does not have pick six available in Kentucky. They just released some more states. Hold on. Uh, it's now live in eight more states, Alaska, Georgia, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, New Mexico, Utah, and Washington. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come to Kentucky here pretty soon. Well, I got to take a look at it. I got to see, yeah. see if there's an, it's answer. good. It is peer to peer is big. Better, better, is, is it better, better? I mean, I, is it better than prize picks and underdog? I imagine I mean, yes. it's not going to be better than straight profit. I mean, like, it's not going to, I mean, I'd. The rake is just no, but as far as as far as those like pick a card games, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be have the highest ROI. I haven't it hasn't been out long enough for me to do math on it yet, but like I, I think because of the peer to peer access and because there's late swap, that's the big thing is you can swap late off later swap pick. even in these. Yeah, so you can swap you can off later pick. One. Really? Because yeah. you think they're going to be too high owned. Yep. Yep. It's massive. Like it's it's a really good game for people who and, well these are the types of peer to peer games that I was I mean this is this is what I thought was coming but yeah the top thing as as we explain in the theory of daily fantasy sports which you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com it still comes down to most of your edge comes from the skill gap between you and your opponents so like James you say now it's like you've been playing these and people are God awful in it. Yeah. I mean, if people got good 20% rake. Oh yeah. I mean, that's this... that hurts. That'll right. hurt. But I, I don't think so. I don't, how much do you want to talk about this? Like we can talk about it next week, but I mean, we could, okay. we could talk more about it in general. I mean, cause dude, after, after the football season, we're going to need something to talk about on Mondays. Yeah. We can't, and once football season's done, you can't make fun of my vomit stacks anymore. Well, until baseball comes around, they're gonna be stacking. Yeah, the that's only once. I, I don't mind once a week making fun of my vomit stacks. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Just assume I played the pirates every slate. 
I will. Yeah. I assume, right. I assume you I play, play the, the Pirates, Pirates and the Marlins and the Tigers. Yeah. So my only, I always have one of those types of lineups. The stack that costs less than 10K <laughs> for five people, right? Like one of those types of things. Yeah, I'll have that. Yep. Uh, but people can talk more about it with you at uh, paydirtdfs.com, right? Yeah, paydirtdfs.com. And uh, you can join the Discord. Discord's free. Um, so you can go find that under member tools. Um, and then, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at paydirt underscore DFS. Yep. And our Discord is uh, free, mostly. My channel isn't, but you go to rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Join us in there. We got an NBA slate tonight. We got NFL, Monday Night Football, right? We got content coming up on the channel. For you for that, we got the Grinders Live. We got Crunch Time. We got the pre-lock show. So hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And definitely on your way out the door, hit that thumbs up button. You know, I like the thummy thumbs. And uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be with Tim. We got NHL tomorrow. NHL, big NHL slate. Going to love that. So uh, Tim will be on to talk about that. And then we'll uh, we'll be moving on to week 16. And got Christmas coming up. We got... Tons of stuff coming up. We got playoff content. We got MMA. Well, MMA is done for 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 a month, right? I had, I had a pretty decent slate. Made made a couple of grand in MMA. I would have loved it if Pantoja didn't win. I would have rather Roy, Roy Val won. That would have been a good good uh, result. But uh, but yep, yeah, we'll talk more about everything and anything else that you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick them Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern on Roto Grinders today.